Ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? It's showtime, folks! It's time! Do I have everybody's attention now? We are the nation! Give me a hell yeah! Yes! What? Yes! What? Power in the inmate! Embrace the vision. We want the smoke! Everybody's got a price! For the benefit of those with flash photography. With a tear in my eye! The cream of the crop! Hey, yo! You just made the list! I am the man! Hello everyone and welcome to Wrestle Nation, pro wrestling talk for people who talk pro wrestling. This is the official podcast of NEW, talking about all the happenings in the newest pro wrestling organization in the Pacific Northwest, as well as breaking down the world of WWE, NXT, AEW, and more. Whether it's then, now, or new, we're here to break it down. My name is Jay Bowman and I'm joined... As always, by, as always, Mike Paris, the architect himself. Paris, how are you? I, I like I like the nickname, don't get me wrong. It's so good. S- seems a bit redundant, though, to say as always, as always. <laughs> Just throw it nope, out there. Nope, it doesn't. It works. <laughs> okay. It works, it and works. it's not changing. And it is once again true today, my friend. That's right. His name wasn't Ken Kennedy Kennedy. <laughs> right. He just repeated it for emphasis. Right. So it, that's what... Okay. Okay. I think I'm I following. Re- I really liked Mr. Kennedy. Me but too. But I hated Mr. Anderson. Okay. Do you ever see his work in TNA? Yeah. But... Yeah. Did you no. like it? No. He was an asshole? No. But he was good as Ken Kennedy. Uh, yeah. We are not joined uh, by award-winning journalist uh, Wyatt Arndt of the Stanchion. He's as sometimes. Out, he's working on... As sometimes. <laughs> he's working on, uh, I guess, some... Some award-winning journalism. He's recapping the Canucks game this evening uh, for the New York Times, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Now Tang- he, he posted tangentially a, the New York Times. <clears throat> yeah. He posted a hype video today. He did. Uh, uh, him, you know, getting everyone ready for his New York Times winning award-winning bullshit, and uh, he was wearing the N.E.W. Uh, toque That's at right. the time. I was yeah. like, "Is this hype video for us recording the podcast tonight?" No, for a no, second I no, thought it was. It's not. It's not. Okay, fine. Whatever. Yeah, but he's still wrapping the are. colors. So, yeah, but you and I are still here. Uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about some new happenings in the NEW segment. Oh, my God! Come on! All right, quite a bit has happened since our last episode. Uh, the ticket on sale for NEW5 was a huge success. Front row, gone. Floor, gone. Uh, stadium style seating is still available for the general admission. Go to www.nationextremewrestling.com for ticket information. The show is February 25th at the Harbor Convention Center in Vancouver, BC. Man, as soon as that card 
got released. All sorts of buzz started coming up about it, and people were really excited. Not surprising at all to see the on sale for the uh, for that show go so well. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be some hot matches that night. Um, <clears throat> let me just you know I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna plug something random right now, Bowman. You go. Yeah. How about y'all get out there, get your get your goddamn vaccines, get your booster shots, get healthy, so we can make sure that this thing goes down. Yes. And goes down proper. How about that? Good call. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, unfortunately, with occupancy and, you know, with uh, provincial regulations and stuff, NEW4 needed to be delayed till June. We talked about that last week. Uh, but, yeah, we want to make sure NEW5 uh, happens. So, uh, yeah, if you have it already, get your get your boosters, get your get your vaccines, get all that good stuff in you. And, uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm dying to see this show. Uh, February 25th seems like so far away yeah uh, but it's still it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be great um there are other announcements have happened in the last week uh man this company new Hot. stuff all new stuff all the time uh new afterglow was announced uh, new will be partnering with the colony entertainment district that'll be hosting trivia and wrestling all in one night mike have you, i know you've played trivia before yeah yes i am a proud member of uh the phineas gages uh is is my trivia team name okay. uh we have we have uh one 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 a couple uh, a couple of nights out there at uh we're colony main team yep. not colony granville but yep. uh but we're out there uh, winning some championships of our own, so maybe you'll see uh, me as part of the Phineas Gages. Maybe you'll see me as part of the Wrestle Nation Pod uh, podcast team. We'll need to come up with a wittier name, uh, but maybe maybe you'll see us out out on one of these nights. Now, question for you: On these nights, you've done trivia, you've mm-hmm. won, you've lost, whatever. Did yeah. you ever get to see any live wrestling matches at the same time? Um, you know, sometimes. Things got wild, and we had a little uh, Malik Mello, uh, Anton Alexiev moment of someone getting <laughs> swept across the bar. But other yeah, than so that, no, no, I haven't. And I don't think anything was pre-planned anyway. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I tell you, Nicolas Cage's highest grossing movie was National <laughs> Treasure. No, it was Con Air. <laughs> Boom. Duke it out. Settle, answer, your, settle your differences physically. Is it uh, Con Air? No, it is National Treasure. That's uh, uh, I do uh, pub trivia as well. Uh, I'll give it a plug at uh, the Clayton with uh, hosted by Adam Forsyth. Uh, and yeah, one of the questions a couple trivias ago was the top three highest grossing movies of Nick Cage's career. Hmm. Okay. National Treasure two. one. National Treasure two. Face and off. Oh, Air. okay. National Treasure two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or was it The Rock? I can't remember. Uh, we got it right, whatever it was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was no wrestling at that trivia though. There's no wrestling at any trivia I've ever been to before, but there's going to be wrestling at this one because that's just how NEW gets down. So there's going to be four rounds of trivia and four matches. It'll cost you 15 bucks a person or teams of four, $50. So damn good value too for some live wrestling and some trivia with potentially great prizes. I've heard rumor of a possible uh, season with a season-ending championship. Who knows? There's a lot of stuff that could be happening. So, yeah. Now, the first ever edition of Afterglow will be on Monday, February 27th from 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. Tickets will go on sale February 1st, uh, 10 a.m. exclusively at uh, nationextremewrestling.com. So, 
always innovating. That is that's so awesome. Cannot wait uh, to see the matches with some trivia. Oh, I'll definitely be there participating. I got to. I got to. Hot damn! You're you're blending some of my reasons to leave the house right there. Yeah, if you found with a some way bar to... trivia yeah. and watching pro wrestling, and you, you got to believe there's going to be wrestling questions. Yep, you and I no, have won, yep. along with Wyatt, have won a wrestling trivia competition before. Oh, the, the new shield, yeah. The new shield, taking away a belt that night. Uh, so, yeah, maybe maybe the, the, that's in the cards for us. I don't think, it's not strictly wrestling trivia, though, we should say that. That is right, not, yes. There's... It, there might be the occasional wrestling question, but really this is your, your uh, overall is going to be your standard bar trivia. Um, so this isn't just for wrestling fans either. No, and I seem to recall years ago, uh, you and I and Wyatt uh, on a team uh, doing battle with a lot of local wrestlers at yeah. a specific wrestling trivia. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're going toe to toe. And a lot of those people I know are on the NEW roster. Uh, so I'm sure some folks will be getting involved if they're not wrestling in matches. They'll be there doing the uh, doing the trivia. I believe uh, the answer that- was Chains. That we lost. Yeah, on. that's the one. It was the who did who? <laughs> no, no, no. It was uh, it was Big Boss Man. Who did he wrestle in the? I don't know if it was like the Hard Times match or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I think I thought it was nail. I confused the nails match with the Mountie. Oh, match. nails. Sorry, that's why it meant, was not nails. Chains. Nails. Yeah, yeah. It all it ends with a Z. So hey, good yeah. memory. <laughs> good memory. And that was it. That was the difference. It's a thing. You, you always remember the ones you got wrong. Oh, man. Oh, I got one uh, at Trivia a couple weeks ago that stumped the entire table, and everyone's still upset about it. Yeah. Uh, This movie, which was released in 2019, we're doing trivia on the show is what we're doing. (laughs) We're hyping you up for Afterglow. That's the the kind of stuff you can expect on Afterglow. (laughs) Uh, Play along at home. This 2019 movie is the only R-rated movie in cinema history to make over a billion dollars. What is it? 2019 over a billion. That's a yeah, lot the, of money. The thing that fucked with us is that 2019, because of the pandemic, feels like eight years ago. I. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good I, point. I guarantee you when I tell you the answer, you're going to go, oh! <laughs> you'll uh, shoot your head okay. back. I, you'll wave I your arms in the air. I don't want to just labor, labor the podcast here. So yes, let me yes. know what it is. Joker. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah, right? Of but course. yeah. So if you're listening and you knew that without Googling it or looking it up, there's a special place in hell reserved for people that are cheating at pub trivia on their phones. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, but, that's uh, true. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. I love wrestling. I love trivia. If they can find a way to, you know, afterwards just have a screening of Premium Rush on a projector screen at the bar. I'm going to be the happiest man in the world. I've, so. I've heard rumor, uh, this is almost guaranteed not true, but I've heard rumor that Bishop is going to be patrolling, uh, looking for people with their cell phones out, and he's he's just going to powerbomb the shit out of anybody who has their cell phone out during the trivia. So I just heard that rumor right now from you, yeah. and I'm also going to spread the hell out of that. <laughs> so put your cell phones away. Your phone's away. It's also nice to just be out socially and stuff. That's that's the thing about trivia that I like is that's at least for that round. You're sitting around with some friends, having some drinks, having some laughs, and no one's staring at their phones or sending TikToks, Snapchats, Vines, or whatever the kids are into these days. And you get to have a classic old-fashioned argument about the answer without anyone being able to look it up. 
Yeah, without the first person look it up, just seems like they're the smartest person because they could search it faster. No, yeah, you have exactly. to know things. Ah, Afterglow trivia and wrestling—it's awesome. Uh, the other major announcement that happened uh, this week, when it comes to NEW, is the announcement of the women's division. So we had a lot of great female talent have has been wrestling on the shows uh, for the first couple of uh, NEW. Um, events but uh now they've made it a lot more uh formal there's an official women's division and not just that but there's uh i guess two divisions yeah i've never seen this in wrestling really before where we have a western division and an eastern division western division uh wrestlers primarily based out of british columbia uh you'll probably see them a lot the eastern uh division uh wrestlers outside of uh, British Columbia, people that come in from you know Ontario, Alberta, just wrestlers from from all over, uh, which I think is really 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 cool. What do you think about this announcement when you saw it? Um, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Uh, not only is this great, like we know we have a lot of great homegrown talent here uh, of all of all genders, shapes, and sizes, but um, it's great to be able to showcase that other side, but still be part of the company. So to to have these wrestlers actively you know going at it on the other side of the country but still representing the new brand is is awesome um secondarily um someone call vince mcmahon and give him this idea um because i would love for uh you know the big leagues to kind of take something like this on as well and it doesn't have to necessarily be geographic but I love the idea of, you know, giving people a rest every now and then, and this would give them the opportunity to do so. So that's a couple immediate thoughts. And then, of course, you know, by the way, guys, for the record, I don't I don't have the book. I don't know what's coming next, but I would love to see brackets, an eastern bracket, a western bracket, and then see a woman from each side of this glorious nation uh, face off for a future NEW Women's Championship. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Uh, from the press release uh, put out by uh, NEW, um, points will be awarded to each individual wrestler regardless of the match type they find themselves in and will go towards both individual statistics and divisional representations. Wins, types of wins, and length of match will all go towards points accrued. Point deductions can only come from a disqualification, not a loss by pinfall or submission. Uh, and note that all records that have been recorded prior to February 25th will not be included in the divisional statistics. So it's not just a simple matter of, okay, you've got these folks over here and these ones over here. Like, the approach to this is very innovative uh, and having, yeah, basically, you know, you've got your standings. Yeah, it's like any other sport, really. You've got your Western division, you've got your Eastern division, and then these points matter. And, and what I like about that was the kind of uh, asterisks of of the disqualification thing because, it, you know, it encourages these amazing talents from across the country and beyond. You know, we have talent from, from Japan and, and the U.S. involved here as well. Um, it uh, it encourages them to, to, to fight um, and it encourages them to win in a non-dirty fashion. Yep. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of matches coming out of this because points matter, wins matter, matches matter overall. And, uh, and, and it gives these chance uh, for these, for these people to, to present a great product. It makes disqualification like such a risk. If you're yeah. going to try and take a shortcut in a match or whatever to get the win, uh, but you end up getting caught and getting disqualified. Oof. You're going in the other direction pretty quickly. 
Yeah, exactly. You, you don't, you don't, you want to put yourself in a match because you want to get the chance to make a point. You're not going to lose, you're not going to lose points if you, if you lose, you know, gracefully. Um, but you're going to lose them if you try to win dirty. So, uh, we should see some good matches come out of this for sure. Yeah. On and, both sides. Uh, so in the East Division, uh, Angelica, who we've seen in uh, NEW before, she wrestled at NEW2. Uh, Ava Lawless, the uh, current RCW champion, that was just announced uh, that she would be joining the NEW roster. Uh, Casey Spinelli, who we saw for the first time at uh, NEW3. Uh, Sumi Sakai, Taryn from Accounting. Taylor Rising, who we have yet to see yet. And um, Zoe Sager, we haven't seen uh, her yet either. So uh, a a couple of these folks, they're either booked to make their debuts on the 25th show at NEW5 uh, or April 9th. Or the April 9th show. So yeah, a couple a couple names in there that you dropped. Uh, great new additions, hot young talent coming out of Alberta. Yep. Uh, so it'll be exciting to see. And I love how NEW, um, you know, and of course, of course, we're representing the the company here, so we're going to say good things. But I mean this genuinely when I say that I love how they're embracing other companies. They're not trying to compete or shut down with the 365s or these Alberta promotions, yeah. uh, the promotions in Ontario. This is about uh, winning together uh, yeah. and generating a good product coming out of Canada. And I, I appreciate that genuinely. Same. Uh, the West Division, the BC Division, uh, Bambi Hall and uh, Cat Power. Cat Power, you know, very notorious uh, in these parts. Uh, a lot of people watching her wrestle for years. Really excited to see her come back. Uh, Izzy McQueen, Liza Hall, Nicole Matthews, Rhea Von Slasher, and Sloan. So quite a few familiar faces uh, to local wrestling fans here in BC, but uh, pretty stacked West Division uh, for the NEW Women's Division. Yeah, when it comes to, you know, albeit I'm less familiar with the uh, Eastern uh, Division people, seeing them wrestle in person less for sure, Um, but I think when it comes to straight power, uh, the West has has got got it in 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 spades. Uh, when you think about, of course, the the heir apparent is Nicole Matthews, Bambi Hall, like Sloane. These are Rhea Von Slasher. These are women who can throw and throw hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it might end up being a being a speed versus power showdown, but I think as far as I'm concerned, the roster is uh, the, sorry the West side of the roster is is the one to beat right now, but yep. uh, but who knows? Who knows what the East has to bring? See, here's the thing. I mean, we've been doing this show since, what, August of 2021, uh, with the exception of a two-week uh, holiday hiatus there, and we always have something to talk about for the NEW yeah, segment. There's always something going on. Oh, we're doing a trivia, and oh, we've got this cool women's division going on. So, uh, yeah, you're right. We do, you know, represent and speak, you know, uh, in affiliation with the uh, company. But, man, I'm glad to be affiliated with the company. Just going to say Absolutely. that. A lot of really uh, yeah. innovative, cool stuff happening for independent wrestling fans in BC. This is great stuff. Yeah, progressive. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot, of, a lot of great diversity in the roster. Um, and absolutely a company that I think we're both proud to be, you know, even in, in a small way affiliated with. Here, here. Uh, let's talk about, uh, let's, let's visit the wide world of wrestling. What do you say? Oh, I'm not sure if I can be as proud about this, but yeah, let's take a look. <laughs> let's talk about WWE. <laughs> All right.
Well, you may not be, you know, we're not as affili- affiliated with these companies or anything like that, but uh, we will. I do talk get ab- checks from Cody Rhodes every month, but that's a whole separate thing. <laughs> so it's from a lawsuit uh, that was settled. <laughs> he hit me with his Hummer once. And <laughs> serves me right for walking through Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> walking through Tampa, humming Triple H's theme song. There's more than one royal family in wrestling. Uh, we'll talk with it. Start with AEW like we usually do. We'll go alphabetically, not just because it's the best. Uh, yeah, nice to do the shows on uh, on Thursdays because we have a we don't have to reflect back off like five or six days of Dynamite. Dynamite's still relatively fresh. Uh, this week, the big news, the big scuttlebutt out of Dynamite was we saw the debut of. Brody King. Malachi Black has been teasing that he's got more people joining the House of Black or whatever. Um, He was out uh, getting beat up by the Varsity Blondes, uh, and then he's kind of laughing, and he's counting who's beating him up and everything like that, and then the lights go out, and here's Brody King coming in from uh, from Ring of Honor. How familiar are you with Brody King? Uh, not very. I definitely am aware of his existence. I can't say that I've seen him wrestle a lot. Um, you certainly did get, maybe I'm the only one who felt this, that the audience was thinking that this was Bray Wyatt when the lights went out. You kind of got that sense. You know, that being you said, did. you didn't. You really, you, didn't, you really did. You, you didn't get the sense that the audience was epically disappointed when the lights came on and it was Brody King. So that's good. They weren't like, oh, okay, fine. At least not that I noticed, but it yeah, did give that impression. And maybe they were going for that. I'm not sure. But when you, re- you take a step outside of it and you look at it, like you're going to debut Bray Wyatt on your second TBS show in the middle yeah. of January. In like, like a mid card match. Might- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anybody who was expecting uh, Bray Wyatt take head firmly in both hands and give it a good old shake. Because uh, this is exactly the kind of spot where, you know, I'm not disparaging the fella, but where, like, a Brody King would come in. Someone who and was a prominent star in Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor obviously has, you know, doing whatever they're doing now. Uh, whether it's they're, you know, circling the wagons or if they're fully dead and gone forever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with Brody King. Uh, he came into ROH quite after I stopped keeping up with the company. Like I, my prime ROH days were, you know, the early 2010s, the Kevin Steen, Adam Cole. um, Yeah. I would say I kind of came in shortly after that. Davey Richards, like Eddie Edwards, like that sort of stuff where Steen was doing his stuff with like, with scum with like Steve Carino and Jimmy Jacobs and Jay lethal was the TV champion forever. Uh, that was my prime. They had the world's greatest tag team was back. Yep. Shelton Benjamin. That was my prime ROH. And then when everybody started getting picked up by WWE, I watched less and less. I always liked Jay Lethal and Dalton Castle. Um, you know, there were always guys there that I still liked. But once it was down to like, oh, Matt Taven's the the biggest star. <laughs> and I'm like, ah. Maybe I'm, yeah, maybe I think I'm actually done. that's that's the time when you started slowing down was when I kind of picked up because oh, I really? was I loved Kevin Owens when he first came on and I had never seen Kevin Owens before. I'd heard about him, but okay, I wasn't yeah. as familiar with him. So when he came on, I was like, oh, maybe there's something to ROH. So that was kind of the mm. time. So maybe like 
2013, 2014 is when I kind of yeah. picked up on ROH. Yeah. Um, of course, as previously noted, became a bit of a Roderick Strong guy. Yes, Red yes. Dragon was another team yep. that I, of course, Young attached Bucks to were based there on a lot. Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, um, once it, but of course, Brody King uh, has escaped us both. Uh, in this case, what I didn't realize, and after doing a little bit of Brody King research, uh, quickly found out that I didn't realize they were the PWG current PWG tag team champions, Brody King and and uh, Alistair Black, or whatever he's going by now. Yeah. Malachi Black. Malachi Black. They are the current and reigning uh, PWG champions. So a little bit of forbidden dooring there as well um, to kind of bring in some of the PWG storylines into AEW. Cool. Right. Yeah. Right on. Um, I know from our, we've got the uh, Wrestle Nation group group text going. Uh, Wyatt Wyatt, not impressed. Wyatt not impressed. Yeah. Said his offense was shit, and again, I after I watched it, I kind of chimed in and said, I think what he's basing his his offense was shit was the shoulder block to uh, to Penta. That was the one. Right. That was. But you and I both were impressed by the cannonball. And I like the cannonball, and I love, as previously mentioned, I love a big agile dude. Yeah. Uh, so, and one of the topics we aren't talking about in wrestling history, which I kind of wanted to talk about, which is Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, died. Uh, you know however many years ago in history that was um one of the biggest uh and best big men agile big men that there ever has been um so i i do love that style and i've already mentioned i love kevin owens so um that kind of that that does resonate with me but just Mm. to kind of uh go behind the curtain there Wyatt doesn't contribute to the group chat until unless he feels very passionate about something. So I'm sure that Wyatt has lots to say about Brody King because he yeah. threw that in there at 9 p.m. last night. <laughs> well, yeah, because I was I was in the process of watching it, and then thankfully someone asked about spoilers first. Hey, are we all yep, caught up Wyatt. on Dynamite? So can we talk about it? Which I really appreciated. I did. And then <laughs> I thought for certain when I was watching the show, I'm like, oh, is Wyatt just giving out about uh, Adam Page? Is he just complaining about Adam Page's cowboy shtick and all that sort of stuff? Because Wyatt yep. just, he, he doesn't buy him at all as a cowboy. And then here comes Dan Lambert. Yes. Coming out also saying, not buying him as a cowboy. <laughs> You're a bullshit cowboy. <laughs> this is garbage. I, I thought so, that's where Wyatt was going with that, too. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I love Dan Lambert. Uh, speaking of Adam Page, uh, so this is the thing about uh, AEW, which is neat, is it seems like uh, Danielson's going to, and I don't mean to use this phrase, but uh, he's going to cycle off. Take a rest. For, uh, for yep. a little bit. Take a little bit of a rest. He's been going at a full clip, uh, hardcore. And I love when Adam Page mentioned that he has spent uh, 90 minutes in the last month in the ring with one of the best to ever do it because they had their 30 minute time limit draw. Yeah. And then that match was just before it was just before the 60 minute time limit was over, uh, putting over how, you know, much that took off of his tires and stuff like as well. And, uh, yeah. So it seems like Danielson will maybe, not to the back of the line, but he'll cycle out for a bit. And good for him. He's put on some absolute banger matches yeah, since he's absolutely. been back. And why wouldn't you give that guy, you know, two or three weeks? Business isn't going to sure. go in the tank, and people are going to stop watching. And yeah. you kind of get that thing where you're almost always re-debuting people. Case in point, you got Archer. Lance right. Archer coming in, and... Uh, he's your new challenger for Adam Page, and he's made his big return. You always have people 
re-debuting, returning, coming back into the fold, that makes for a pretty exciting wrestling program. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't, I do kind of like the, like, I don't know if, if Archer was injured. Um, maybe he was, or maybe he's just, I think he was. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I do kind of just like saying like, oh, okay, well, Danielson's out for a bit and we can all be okay with that. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't need to be plot line. It doesn't need, you're fired, Daniel Bryan, get out of here. Come back in and six goes weeks and, when and we need shoots, you again. He goes, and, he goes and shoots the Marine 7 yeah, and then he exactly. comes back. <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah. nice. And like, you know, people have been discussing the potential. And when AEW first came on the scene, people were discussing the potential of an off season in right. wrestling right. and cycling out the roster, but you don't need to be that rigid about it. We're like, Hey, it's the, it's June and July. So we're going to give all these guys off. Just like cycling people out for a couple weeks at a time. I'm sure we'll do a lot as far as fresh feuds and storylines and also limiting the overexposure of talent exactly. and yeah. limiting the wear and tear on some of these people's bodies. Like Daniel seems to go at a much higher clip, not having to wrestle 300 nights a year. Yeah, like and, could- and give Lance Archer the time to shine. Like I, I, if you recall, I kind of picked him coming out of that tournament because I thought they wanted to do something with him. Yeah, and and here's his opportunity. And I, I'm not a huge fan of the guy. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but we we were, you know, we've been talking for weeks. Who's who's the next heel to come up and. And his name never came up for us, so never. It, it, it did come as a surprise. And albeit, I'm sure he was expected to be back on TV any day now, um, but it makes perfect sense. And I'm really happy with the decision to to bring him back. He's, I think he's a good heel. I think he can get some heat. I don't think he's amazing in the ring. He's not my my top guy. So whether or not you know these two can put on the broadways that we've been come to expect out of Adam Page, I don't think so. But um, I'm sure the matches are still going to be good, and I'm sure the story is going to be there too. He's going to elevate Adam Page's title reign, right? Yep. Now that he's got a face like he fought a technical master, now yep. he's fighting a murder hawk monster. Like it'll only increase his credibility as champion. Maybe not his credibility as a cowboy. We'll have to check in with Wyatt Arndt <laughs> uh, to see the cowboy meter and see how that goes. But how yeah, come they like, couldn't have run the Brody King uh, Adam Page program? Wyatt would have loved it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all white all the time. It would have gone nuts. Uh, well, yeah, because we were theorizing that, oh, this will have to wait for whoever comes out of the CM Punk uh, MJF feud. But not necessarily. You've got, you know, Archer in there now. Now let's talk Dude, about the that Punk. Is, that is such, can I just rewind there? That is such like WWE brainwashing that we went that way. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we're just going to have to wait for this, and that's the next top heel, and that's the yeah. that's going to be the next challenger, and we're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we're just like not even like on their level. <laughs> they've been unopposed, sorry TNA, but they've been unopposed for over 20 years. So, right. of course, we're conditioned to think Absolutely. like a certain way and stuff. So, uh, But speaking of Punk and MJF, they're doing, I think, an excellent job of extending that feud. You had Punk versus Wardlow was the, uh, was the big match um, on Dynamite this past week, which recently got Bret Hart trending, which caused a lot of people to freak out. Because you see Bret Hart tra- trending. Yeah. <laughs> Who's oh, dead no. now? Is he dead? No. Uh, Bret Hart's still very much alive. Uh, but CM Punk with an homage. And of course, anybody who just hates Punk or hates AEW and is just looking for shots to take, 
will label it as, oh, he's just ripping off from Bret Hart. He's just Has stealing- it, I feel like he's done that before. We're talking about the front turnbuckle bump that Bret is famous for. No, it's not. No, oh, it's you're not talking the, about the roll-up. I'm talking about the roll-up. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I'm Sorry. talking about the roll-up, yeah. Okay, but he did, he did the front turnbuckle bump as well, yeah, which oh, is yeah. oh, something that the Bret sternum, Hart prides the sternum, on. The sternum turnbuckle bump is just, it's amazing. Although yeah. I feel as good as Brett did it, nobody did it better than Owen. You watch an Owen one compared to a Brett one, and Owen looks like, oh, I'm, I almost said something awful there. But, um, like, Owen, you know, looks like it heavily, heavily impacts him uh, <laughs> and just kind of just, like, falls back perfectly uh, perfectly still. That, oh, anyway, those, those yes. hearts. Those so, hearts. I have mixed feelings about the the roll up. It was a bad roll up. Well, I, I will. Let, let's start there. The, yeah. yeah, technically the roll up itself didn't hook around the. He- I don't want to get too far into this because it sounds very smarky and shitty. But uh, yeah, it was a bit of a sloppy roll up. But like, but, couldn't uh, couldn't we have just like had a maybe a similar kind of finish to you know uh, to the the match in which CM Punk interfered and. Uh, MGF ended up losing, Paris. and it kind of a, and that and not tarnish CM Punk's image in that way. I because 1, like thousand percent thought liter- that's where they were going. It was right. Uh, go ahead. I one thousand. I thought that's where they were going. Hundred percent. Yeah, like because you have beaten the living shit out of CM Punk at this point. You know, twenty seven fucking power bombs through tables and onto the ground and, and in the ring, and he looks dead to rights. And then all of a sudden he comes out with this roll up out of nowhere and just just to save face. And I don't think we're at that point with CM Punk where we need him to fucking pin the guy every single match. There are yeah. other ways to keep to protect him and, you know, protect his record and stuff like that. And that just didn't seem like the right move to me. Um, and and like Cause he got, cause he got, he got he's battered. not that wrestler he, either. He, he got battered throughout the match. Yeah. And. Yeah, he had uh, multiple power bombs in the ring, and then MJF stopped. It was over. He was yeah. gonna beat him, right? Yeah. MJF stopped it, had him take him outside, power bomb him through the table, and then Wardlow being in the ring. I thought one hundred percent when MJF was watching the count and watching him stand up that he was gonna stand up, go to him, get back in the ring at nine, and then MJF was gonna you know waylay him, right? And then he would win by DQ. Because I thought he had taken far too much damage and was yeah. just obliterated to be able to come back from that. Yeah, And exactly. that if he did come back from that, that would do too much damage to Wardlow. But here's the thing. Throughout the entire match, Wardlow just beat the shit out of him. Like, Punk got in very yeah. little offense, yeah. which you talk about the Diesel-Bret Hart comparisons. At the very least, like, that was a pretty even matchup before Diesel yeah. put him through the table, got the edge, and, like, and that was that. But, um... Yeah, Diesel didn't beat the shit out of Bret Hart for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And then there was it was countered with a roll up. So I'm I'm of two minds of it. Uh I like yeah, that I do like I kept I kept feeling like I was just anticipating like a Hurricane Rana reversal or something like that and and that never came which I liked. Like he was legitimately yeah. beaten to shit. And that and yeah. I like that aspect. What I don't like and it felt like a very like scrappy underdog finish and that's not CM Punk. It's best in the world. Right. Yeah. That's that's a fucking like Leon Ruff finish. Like that's, <laughs> that's Dante, a, like a, that's Dante Martin shit yeah. right there. <laughs> like that's a you know, like that's a oh uh, you know, I don't care how much you've beaten me up, I'm still gonna win this kind of finish, which is fine. And almost win it like like a joke. That's a James Ellsworth. Like I'm trying you know, like these these kind of characters in the past that have been like the 
there's no way they can win, but they always do. Yeah, um, you shouldn't be saying there's no way CM, CM Punk, Punk could yeah. or should yeah. be winning this match. Right. Yeah, and I know you want to make Wardlow look good, and Wardlow comes out of this looking pretty good. Sure. But I feel like Punk doesn't come out of this looking any better. And exactly. looks, I think, For exponentially worse, Yeah, which is a problem because that's who you're putting up in this feud against MJF. This whole thing is to elevate MJF, but I think what's really interesting here is that they're using what just happened to also elevate Wardlow at the same time. You know who's not getting elevated out of this is Sean Spears. I think we can all agree uh, the big grudge match next week between Sean Spears and CM Punk will not go this way, but it kind of feels like they're wanting to kill two birds with one stone, and they're using this Punk-MJF feud to not just elevate MJF, but also to elevate Wardlow, because that split is going to be Batista Triple H levels of split because the crowd wants Wardlow to batter MJF so badly where this isn't even really about CM Punk anymore, which is interesting. Right, right. And, and I'm I'm fine with all that. I'm fine with the story they're telling, but like, I'm sorry, CM Punk doesn't need to get a pinfall over Wardlow to for people to cheer for him. We don't need to continue make him, you could do something else. And, and you already gave an example or like, Maybe MJF like delays them out of the ring, and then just as Wardlow goes to put Punk back in, uh, the ref counts out Wardlow. I don't know, like, but there's other ways than this. This, like I say, kind of out of character, honestly, uh, finish to this match. But like you said, we're getting a yeah, bit, we're getting a smarky here. So. MJ, MJF's thing was uh, that he wanted more punishment for Punk, right? But it really right. is about that he doesn't want Wardlow to be the first one to beat CM Punk. So right. I think you and I are both in agreement. Punk's first loss is coming uh, at the hands of MJF. Would you agree? Are you inclined to agree? I don't know. They they seem really committed to protecting him. <laughs> so, I, I think I it. Know. I think it has to be his first yeah. loss has to, because who else on the roster? Uh, would get that big a bump yeah. uh, from beating CM Punk. For a second, and here's the thing I love about AEW, for a second, I thought they were going to do it. I thought, yeah, yeah Punk is going to lose to Wardlow on a random Dynamite uh, in January just to promote the whole, hey, anything can happen. And then maybe that spurns a bit more jealousy from MJF, uh, and that's what causes MJF to set the match with Punk, is that, well, I can beat him too, right? But, right. Um, yeah, it's just it's hard to it's hard to say, but I do feel that yeah, MJF is going to be that person who gets that first win over Punk. I think about it when it comes down to like when it was Hangman Page versus Jericho for the first AEW Championship years ago. Yep, it's just another stone in the gauntlet of an insufferable heel to have <laughs> things like that to brag about. And MJF, like he's got his three time diamond ring shit. He will never shut up about the fact that he like handed punk, like his first loss. Right. So I think this is all a situation. It's all grooming. He's going to beat punk. And then maybe page is done with Archer at that point, And we go page versus uh, MJF. And that's their big program for man. That's another thing with this. That's that's, I feel great is, I, I, I don't know when their next pay-per-view is. I think it's in March. If I'm not I think it may be Revolution in yeah, March. No idea. But, you know, it's not like, okay, they'll they're doing three weeks of TV and then pay-per-view. Three weeks and then right. pay-per-view. Two well, and weeks with and then pay-per-view. How much with how much top tier shit they put on network TV, it's even kinda of hard to measure like what we're building towards because you get these you know, you get your sixty minute Daniel Bryan and uh 
and, and and Adam Page match that you never thought you'd be able to see on network TV, and they give yep. it to you. So who know who knows what the what the plan is? Yeah, here's Omega Danielson, not on pay per view. Yeah, on television, go for it. Uh, other brief AEW thoughts. I uh, just want to share. There's not enough Gun Club. Uh, that okay. needs to be addressed. I have to start watching like Elevation and Dark and stuff to get my gun club. <laughs> I've realized well, uh, there we're is willing some, to do it. There is some reality show that one of them is on coming up. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, so <laughs> if you're really committed to Austin Gun, you could watch Almost Famous or something. No, I forget what I the show's called. No, it's a package deal. I need all three of them involved. Oh, wow. wow. Because Billy Gunn this being the there makes the wrestling. whole thing, yes, makes the whole thing more interesting. Uh, and then we saw, I mean, I don't think this is the first on-screen acknowledgement. It isn't. I know it isn't. But uh, Britt Baker coming out, sharing the screen with uh, with Adam Cole. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're further sowing the, the feud of uh, the Young Bucks and Red Dragon and the Elite and the Undisputed Era, blah, 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 blah. But, man, nice to see Adam Cole and Britt Baker be aligned on camera i i don't want to see the oh it's the cole baker faction or the cole baker regime like triple h and stephanie back in the day but it is well, nice I hear they have a match against baron corbin and lacey evans oh ah, so. no oh, um, the rollins lynch what was that <laughs> ah. anyway but i yeah i kind of have mixed feelings about it it depends on like you say i'm not sure this was if it's an acknowledgement of like you say, we 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 have previously given them credit for not treating us like we're idiots, um, yep. and we're not idiots in this regard. Everyone knows that that's a, a factor. Yeah. Um, but if it is like long term part of the story, I'm not sure I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, me neither. And with her like basically coming out because Chris Statlander came out, like is that? Are we setting up for some sort of mixed tag thing that I want nothing to do with? Oh, dude, Um, 1,000% we're going towards a mixed tag with the best friends and Statlander versus uh, Undisputed Era and Britt Baker. We are going there for sure, but... I don't want to go there. If it's a short-term dip in the pool, fine. But I don't want them aligned on screen every single week or whatever because... Britt well, Baker, you know, the she fucking, the worst, the worst storyline in wrestling is stay away from my man. Oh yeah, generally speaking, and even uh, if no, it doesn't think... culminate in a mixed tag match or not, I, I, I just think that's stupid. Um, <laughs> Britt Baker is better than that. Chris Statlander yeah. is better than that. They don't need that to make them look better. No. So I, I, I just want nothing to do with that. But no, anyway. the, the worst thing in wrestling is ladder match for custody of a child. <laughs> I think okay, that's no. that's pretty that's pretty a ladder match there. for who gets to kiss him on the cheek. <laughs> who gets to give us give a Adam big Cole, old smooch? Adam Cole on a pole, baby. <laughs> uh, Adam Pole, baby. <laughs> uh, so that's it for uh, AEW. A little bit of WWE uh, ska here. So uh, they haven't announced it, but hot rumors are that uh, the Elimination Chamber is going to come back in a big way. And in a big way, I mean, oh, it's going to be at the next Saudi Arabia Blood Money show. I have logistical questions. About the Elimination Chamber? So the Elimination Chamber, rumor has it, is uh, 10 trillion tons of... <laughs> we have of seen it live, you and I. Steel. So you what, would, are they going to yeah. put that on a plane? Like, does it go on a cargo ship? Does it get put on a cargo ship and then get stuck in the Suez Canal and, like, doesn't get there? Like, would, or do would, they do I they manufacture die. a new 
a new elimination chamber somewhere in the Middle East and, and oh. get it there easily. Because to my knowledge, maybe I'm wrong, but to my knowledge, a elimination chamber match has never been held overseas. Accurate. So I'm, I have transportation and logistical concerns. <laughs> I'm going to phone Vince. A lot of little boats, Paris. It'll be on a lot of little boats. So, uh, the great yeah, we, Khalees we, carrying we, it on his back. He's going to bring it there himself. We've, oh, you know Mansoor's winning the, the fucking Elimination <laughs> Chamber. Uh, Hasn't uh, he won the Greatest Royal Rumble or some shit? No, I don't think Haven't he they already won put him over it. There, yeah. But he's like, I think he's undefeated there, but people fucking love him there. And he's a fine wrestler. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, don't ask why I, back. We, we, we've seen the Chamber live. We, have. we were in Vegas all those years ago with the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view where we had to relocate seats. I was going to say, not surprisingly, so shit. not surprisingly, the Elimination Chamber comes with sightline issues. <laughs> yeah, we were basically, for you folks listening, we were like <laughs> diagonal from where like one of the pods one of the posts. is. Yeah. So the posts. So we couldn't see anything. And then I'm... I, there are certain things I'm good at in life. I think... Uh, going to different seats at wrestling events and sporting events is one thing I actually do feel quite skilled at. And we got ourselves a nice, wonderful sight line. We did. Yeah. Oh, that was the one where I think, yeah, Braun Strowman, uh, Roman Reigns won the men's chamber. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was... Uh, but I, I like the chamber. I always have. I, I wanted Me it too. to be a part of the February... Maybe not like an Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, but I always love the Elimination Chamber as that in-between Royal Rumble WrestleMania thing where, hey, so the champion, the winner of the Rumble is going to challenge the champion on Monday Night Raw, okay? That's what they're going to do. Winner of the Rumble chose them. What are we doing over on SmackDown? Okay, the top six competitors, they're going into the chamber to see who's going to get the title shot at WrestleMania. Yeah, makes sense to me. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's great. And nothing will ever top the storyline uh, aspect of Shawn Michaels fucking over The Undertaker out of his championship because, uh, oh, I just, what a great angle that was. Yeah. Michaels trying to get that last match with The Undertaker. Undertaker saying no. Michaels being like, okay, cool. Well, you're the champion. I'm going to win the Royal Rumble and I'm going to challenge you. Comes up short in the Royal Rumble, snaps. Fucks him over in the elimination chamber. Ah, so good. Chambers had some good memories, man. Chamber, yeah, and it, I think it kind of got written off at one point for being kind of a, you know, shitty gimmick match. Um, but I prefer it to to your average Hell in a Cell, your average Cell match or Cage match. Um, I think it's a, it works. Yeah. Um, and like you say, it does kind of have that. You know, I like the kind of. Uh, it's not legitimately a countdown necessarily, but that like that build up to who's coming in next. Yeah. Um, that the Royal rumble kind of builds. Uh, yeah. so it has that on a lesser scale. Yeah. No, I think it's a good match. And also if you're going to get that title shot at WrestleMania and you didn't win the rumble, it's not like you get to win some battle Royal on a random SmackDown and then you're in, or you have to win some eliminator tournament or some gauntlet or whatever. It's like, no, you got to go through the chamber. Like you have to win the greatest Royal rumble. <laughs> 70 men. <laughs> you have to get through Monsoor. Oh, dude, not happening. You have to, yeah, they're going to send Veer. Uh, <laughs> Lesnar versus Lashley is official for the Royal Rumble. We got a little face, uh, face Lesnar here, and I think he's doing a great job. Yeah, yeah sure. Super entertaining to watch. I mean, think about uh, Boombox Brock with the Money in the Bank briefcase and stuff. Just, he's, he's a bit silly, 
and he's a real character sometimes. And I think it's like fun and engaging to watch when he's not just this pure ass kicker because you know that's still behind all of the antics and shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, my feelings have been made clear. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, on previous why it's episodes. Here, yeah, why it's not here to take up for his boy. <laughs> You're right. Lesnar's the greatest thing ever. He's gonna kill Lashley. Like this is the worst thing. For, this is like Brody King versus Adam Page yes, for you. Yes, Lesnar versus Lashley. Uh, mm, we've already had Lashley Goldberg, which was probably oh. probably tops it. I'll take I'll take Lashley Lesnar over that. Okay. <laughs> uh, Johnny Knoxville qualified for the Royal Rumble by throwing Sami Zayn over the top rope on SmackDown. Uh, cool. Sure. Why not? That's, I'm fine for, you know. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. That's, that's, a, that's a non thing for me. Uh, but also, everyone talks about, oh, <laughs> AEW kicking in the forbidden door, Kenny Omega going on to Impact, yeah. doing this, yeah. doing that. Uh, WWE, they're getting a little slice of that. Uh, Impact Women's Champion Mickey James uh, was announced for the Women's Royal Rumble, causing people to go, wait, what? Yeah, and, and I think I might have brought this up maybe in a Pusher Berry uh, several episodes back, but I do wonder if it's in a or sorry in WWE's interest to kind of sick their teeth into another promotion a little bit more, uh, maybe flex a little bit to get more into those, especially if NXT is going the way of the Dodo, because that was kind of their link to the indies a little bit. So if yeah. you're taking that away, do you maybe sink your teeth into... The skeleton of ROH, do you sink your teeth into Impact, albeit they have existing ties uh, with AEW, um, to try and keep that link there a little bit and grow your talent and keep that relationship open so that you can surprise people every now and then? I don't, I'm of two minds of it. Honestly, I think you have to because right. yeah, well, no, I'm not I saying have, it's a great idea. I think like, there's, <laughs> I have no inclination to watch raw or SmackDown thinking I'm going to see something I've never seen before or something I don't expect. Right. Right. Like it, somebody from impact strolling through the door or whatever. And if they're not careful and it, I would feel AEW already has sort of cornered the market on this a little bit with working with other promotions. Like, AEW is going to pass them over as right. far as, like, there's a lot of multiverse stuff going on in fiction right now. Yep. But as far as, like, there is no forbidden door. Like, right. you never know if someone from New Japan is going to show up. Like, if, imagine if Okada showed up uh, or they even pre-announced Okada was going to wrestle somebody at the next AEW pay-per-view. And I know it's yeah. like the, the average wrestling fan, the person that WWE caters towards, maybe that doesn't mean as much, but the credibility and the excitement factor for an AEW fan to not know. I mean, that was the same thing when Minoru Suzuki came over. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You it win was, some of that crowd back. You get some yeah. of those eyes over. Yeah. And and know if Okada, just as an example, like does do something with WWE, like you're going to get eyes on it. You, We even saw it with, you know, Kota Ibushi being part of the CWC. I was just about to Zach mention Saber that. Jr. That was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Like th these were names that you, you weren't going to see in WWE otherwise. Um, and you had that opportunity. So, and same with the, the May Young tournament, you know, names that you wouldn't see in the Fed otherwise were there. And I think it is specifically interesting with the Women's Rumble because historically the Women's Rumble has been at least 10%. NXT women. Yes. Um, so, and then you've got a legends kind of portion of that uh, here as comes well. Kelly Kelly, here's Tori right. Wilson. Which is fine, thing, whatever. Yeah. Like they do that in the men's as well, but I don't think the women's roster as it is, especially if you're going to have other women's matches on the card, 
uh, for titles, tag titles, what have you. Yeah. It's not deep enough to run a 30 person rumble. So you do need to bring talent in from elsewhere. Once again, especially if NXT is going away, you're not going to have that tool to pull to pool to pull from in the same way that you did previously. And, and it was cool seeing as it still will be seeing NXT talent, uh, you know, coming out in the rumble. Yeah. Um, but, but when you lose that, you lose that excitement, right? You lose when, if once again, if NXT is going away, no one's going to care and no one's, you're not going to have that same, you know, I don't, who's this girl who's napping all the time? Have you seen her? No. <laughs> There's some girl in NXT right now whose entire gimmick is that she, like, falls asleep in the middle of a match. What? But anyway, she might show up in the Rumble, and that might be fun. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> I forget her name. <laughs> okay, she's... Well, Cora Jade skateboards. Okay, cool. She skateboards. Yes. <laughs> I got it. And this girl's got narcolepsy. That's her gimmick? Yeah, she, like, brings a pillow, like, a fluffy pillow and, like, an eye mask. What? <laughs> <laughs> all right i gotta see this all right and here's the thing that's getting ratings right now because i'm like you gotta be shitting me okay all right uh and the last bit of wwe i want to mention uh the other day i think it was yesterday in fact roman reigns celebrated 500 days as universal champion i think lesnar's record is 503 days so most oh, well. likely unless you're jumping on this right away by the time you're listening to this uh, Roman Reigns will be the longest reigning, uh, I can't avoid the pun, I just can't do it, uh, <laughs> champion uh, in modern history. Uh, and, dude, well-deserved. Like He's done this, an amazing job. He has, has been, been the most watchable thing of WWE exactly. for pretty much 498 of those 500 days. And, and this is a situation of, of uh, the guy makes the belt and the belt makes the guy like this. It, you do he needs that championship to to sustain the amazing things that he's doing um and i'm not saying he can never lose it and i'm not saying he needs it in order to sustain a good character but as a linchpin of this character that belt is is important so um, i'm happy happy to have him have it and i'm not sure you could if you'd asked me that like we were just talking about him winning at the at the elimination chamber and how we were yeah, devastated. We, we and were then, so mad that ruined our night. Around a similar amount of time, he came out thirtieth in the Royal Rumble, and I collapsed to the ground and said, "Fuck this, you know, WWE product." Yeah. And, and so, if you'd asked me, like, oh, in you know, in twenty twenty two, Roman Reigns is going to be the longest reigning WWE champion, would I be surprised? No, uh, because I, yeah. you know, you could see this coming. Would I say I would have enjoyed every five every day of the 500 no like i i just wouldn't have believed that yeah so uh yeah call call me a, call me a fan these days that's the that's the shock of it all yeah i remember that elimination chamber i got drunk and almost started to fight an in and out burger <laughs> in fucking las vegas that's a night. whole it was, separate story. it was a whole thing uh but yeah the fact that he was yeah roman reigns is going to be champion for 500 days you tell me that in 2016 i'm like oh yeah. Yeah, that's the worst yeah, thing I've it. ever. Of course he is. Of that's course he is. That's the worst thing I've yeah. ever heard. Of course he is. Blah blah yeah. blah blah blah. But if then you're like, hey, here's the twist, you're gonna love it. Yeah. Like, no, get the fuck out. No, <laughs> no way. Stop right now. That's fiction. You it's big weird liar. because that's what the guy said to you at In and Out Burger, and that's he what did. started the fight. <laughs> yeah, he was disrespecting his lady that he was with, and then he was talking about how great Roman Reigns is, and, and one was, of those uh, things set me off. Maybe both of them set me off, but one of them set me off at the very, very least, and <laughs> and decisions were made. Uh, okay, cool. So that's it for the wide world of wrestling. You got a little pusher berry for us. 
I do. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Bowman, you ready? I am. Excellent. So let's start very generally, and and sometimes I like to stick with a theme uh, with these. I don't really have a theme. This is just kind of a hodgepodge of the remaining ones that we've never talked about. Uh, Kickoff shows. Do you watch a kickoff show? Um, it's so tough. Kickoff kickoff shows usually have matches that I really want to see. That's where Cesaro's wrestling. That's yeah. where they've got, like, I the like Buddy club. Murphy a lot. Right? That's where they had the cruiserweight title matches, your Buddy Murphys versus your Cedric Alexanders. So, yeah, I'm very interested in the wrestling matches they have on on kickoffs, uh, but I cannot be, I cannot stomach watching an entire, you don't know when the match is going to be. It's all right. video packages for this, and hey, here's a commercial for KFC, Gold, Honey Mustard Barbecue, <laughs> and you know all this sort of shit. Hey, Cricket Wireless, it's great. Okay, awesome. <laughs> but like, when's the match? Just tell me. I that's just now, I want to watch. Here's I, the thing, because I, I as someone who isn't as good as keeping up on the weekly product as I once was, I was like, maybe I'll start watching the kickoff shows because maybe they will give me some insight into these storylines yeah. that I. And then I found that they play the promo package for the match. They talk about it briefly, you know, one after the other, after the other. But these are the same promo packs that they drop before the match during the show. Yes. Which gives me all the information I need. So, uh, sorry, fucking Sam Roberts or Booker T or whoever else they've got going on there. Sonya Deville. Uh, I'm yeah. I can't be can't be bothered. <laughs> can't be bothered. Jerry Lawler. That's where Lawler is. That's where JBL is these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm 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 with you on that. I I'm gonna go ahead and bury the uh bury the pre-show, but push the wrestling that's on the pre-show. There you go. Uh, now I believe this was a term that was dropped during day one. They referred to it as a premium live event. As bury, opposed to a pay-per-view. Okay. Bury that shit Talk to 12 feet it. down. Uh, why are we just changing? It's it's just it's weird. Well, because you don't have to pay I, It's not view. a pay-per-view. I get it. The premium live event, sure. Like, I get and the, AEW, you have to pay. Yeah, I get the rebrand. But here's the thing. With AEW, I'm willing to. You have <laughs> earned my $50. Go for it. But I, I can't tell you in the last five years a WWE premium live event that I would have paid money for. Wow. That's bold. Well, come on. We've all, we've all seen, we've all seen the shows. We know, (laughs) we know. Uh, interesting thing that's been happening lately on NXT. Uh, how do you feel about the blending of storylines, uh, in regards to, we're seeing riddle, uh, mixing it up with MSK, um, we're seeing Styles and Grayson Waller uh, on NXT and then as well on Raw. So how do you feel about these main roster guys uh, making appearances on NXT and where is it going? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push that. I like that. I like giving them like a bit of shine, having like the stars kind of, you know, go down and stuff. Maybe that makes it a bit easier for them to acclimate to the main roster because maybe main roster viewers are aware of it, get some more eyes. Like they're trying to throw in a lot of stuff at the wall to try and make NXT 2.0 work because it really needs to work. With them dragging black and gold through the mud and firing all Triple H's people, like this needs to be successful. So in the interest of getting like those guys in there with those wrestlers i like it in the interest of this being 
we need to try and make NXT 2.0 be successful, so let's give them the rub with the big stars. That's pretty transparent. I don't like that at all, but I'm going to give it an overall push. I like seeing uh, that happen. Do you remember, like, God, forever ago, I want to say 2011, maybe 2012, where it was, I think CM Punk teamed up with, was it Seth Rollins against... Cesaro and uh, Cassius Ono. I think it was like Kings of Wrestling versus uh, Punk. No, and... I never realized they wrestled together. No, it was like it was at some it was at WWE. some it was at some fucking some house show uh, or okay. something they did like an FCW house show or something. And I could be getting the participants wrong, but I know they did some big indie mark marquee match at one point where it was Punk and Rollins versus the Kings of Wrestling. Uh, Is that available anywhere? (laughs) uh, I'm not sure, but like that was really, really cool. But it was also like super like underground. wasn't televised or anything that I'm aware of. But uh, apparently, it was a real big special treat for the live folks and for the wrestlers themselves. People in the in that non air conditioned room. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they absolutely uh, they absolutely loved it. So yeah, that's Uh, all right. This one's gonna be quick fire. Okay, so no no explanations. Okay, Maurice. Push. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Beth Phoenix. Barry. Uh she was I know you said no explanations. I, <laughs> she was never that good. What are we doing here? Yeah, I like she you know was what? The, I would echo that. She was the best What's wrestler the in an deal? era of terrible women's right. wrestlers. Like yes. we we talked about the NEW women's division and all the great talent and stuff that's there. She was the on, one of the only wrestlers when they were hiring like bikini models, models. to go do yeah. yeah, that sort of stuff. So I don't know what this Beth Phoenix jazz is, but no, Barry. Is she fighting jazz? Is that a thing? Jazz. Uh, <laughs> jazz was great. <laughs> um so yeah, so of course our aforementioned conversation about uh, life imitating art, uh, or art imitating life, I suppose this is, and uh, and mi- putting them in a mixed tag. We've got that going on for the Royal Rumble, seemingly. Um, but I've got a pitch here for you because I have strong opinions about this. Edge appearing on television less. Push. Yeah, Edge I, should I be, Edge should be special. He shouldn't be a regular character all the time. Edge, I'm not saying he should be like the Undertaker in the last couple Undertaker years, but have Edge just kind of come and go. Uh, but here's yeah. the thing: about he Edge, should be like, a feature. Yes, he should be a feature. But Edge, well, here's the thing: Edge clearly wants to work with certain talent before he retires for realsies this time. Like he had his Seth Rollins program and stuff. That's that's great. Uh, I know he's got like people that he wants to work with. I don't really know if Miz is one of those guys or if they just want Edge on the show doing a bit of mixed tag jazz and stuff. So, yeah, I think Edge should be more of a feature attraction. And I don't necessarily... I mean, I'm super, super thrilled for the guy, but I, Edge does nothing for me. He doesn't move the needle or anything for me at all. And the more they try and make him like their version of Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, with like, you know... The promos we and stuff edge. that he does. Edge is back. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I no. yeah. No, I, I, I do like Edge for sure. Um, but they are squandering the the magic here. Yeah, his his music doesn't hit the same. Um, you know that his coming out doesn't hit the same when he's doing it all the time. So, uh, keep him around. Happy to have him. He can still go for sure. But uh, let's 
Let's now, make it special. Now, would you want to see him in an actual like storyline, or do you want the storyline to be, "Hi, I'm Edge, Finn Balor. I recognize mm-hmm. that you're one of the best right now. I want to wrestle you." I'm fine either way, to be honest yep. with you. I but I I could see like a do a Rumble to Mania kind of thing, like do like yeah, that'd be do all right. a, a storyline you know Slam. for that amount, and then yeah, and bring then, him in for bring him in for SummerSlam. Sure, that's what, that's what you do. You, bring, you have him on the Lesnar deal. Right, because right. Lesnar yeah. comes in, works the big shows. He's yeah. a special attraction. You have the time to map out a really good like six week, f- five week program, yeah. and do a big payoff at a premium live event, <laughs> and then off you go. Premium. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. then when he comes back for the Rumble, it's a big deal because the last time so, we saw him was at SummerSlam. Exactly. I, I know, I feel like, like I know what you're going to say here, but there's a conversation to be had about Kevin Owens re-signing with WWE. Uh, I think the rumor is for three more years, um, you know, kind of eliminating any potential of, you know, a Mount Rushmore reuniting anytime soon or, or of him or of him package pile driving anyone in the foreseeable future. So, <laughs> uh, hey man, good for, like, here's the thing. These, you know. It's their lives. It's their Absolutely. stuff. So when I first read that, I was extremely disappointed. But also, like, I don't know if there's a wrestler I'm a bigger fan of. Well, RVD. Uh, but, like, Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens, like, he was that guy in ROH that just hooked me. I, I loved him from the moment I uh, from the moment I first laid eyes on him. Uh, so great. Uh, good for him. And I'll say good yeah. for him for using this new company to leverage, leverage. that yeah. fucking bag. Yeah. Like, all the Mount Rushmore tweets, all the, the coordinates, all that sort of shit. Like, you got to believe after the losses WWE had, uh, losses, air quotes, with, like, uh, Brian Danielson, with CM Punk, with all that sort of stuff. Like, they could not afford to lose another one of their, you know, their big ticket guys. So, whether he gets booked well or not over the next couple of years, like, who can say? But, big money. Guy's got a family, uh, and who's to say that if it is for three years, once his deal is up, he can't go over to AEW then? Well, his his body and age might have something to say about that, but who knows? Well, that, but, but here's the thing. You don't have to potentially, like, you're only wrestling for the love of wrestling at that point. It's not like a financial component because he's already, like made his money from the three years in WWE. And that's not to say he's going to work for peanuts in AEW, but if I'm making like 1.5 mil a year doing WWE, and then a couple years from now, it's like 1 mil a year or 900 K a year to go wrestle, you know, a lot less in AEW and be with my friends and have control over my storylines. Like that actually is, is way more appealing to me at that point. So I feel he's playing the long game. Will we ever see, Kevin Steen in AEW, I say absolutely yes, we will. But good for him for using this new company to leverage an incredible deal for himself and, you know, making good financial decisions. Yeah, and, and cashing in when he had the oh, opportunity. Oh, God, yeah. Because, yeah, this this oh, he's he played them a like, family man. Played them know. like a fiddle, man. Absolutely. So he's he's earned his payday. Yeah. <clears throat> um, we'll end on this one. And I, I've recently had kind of shifting feelings on this topic. Uh, the PWI rankings and PWI awards. Um, Barry, I've never okay. really cared. Um, I actually, cause they just did the, oh, AEW was all 
trumpeting their success. Um, I'm sorry, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa is not the match of the year um, for 2021. Uh, so this this raises my questions. Yeah, yeah. Does it not feel like PWI is in the pocket of yes, AEW? Yes, it does. It does. Yes, because like you give a does. match like that, you know, like and I, I'm not suggesting that's literally the case, but you don't see WWE retweeting PWI, promoting PWI, talking about PWI all the time and what impact it has on the world of wrestling, and yet you see AEW doing that as frequently as they possibly can. And yes, that might be to promote their success in that department and say. These are the awards that matter. These are the, you know, this is the, the, the be all and say all and end all of, of wrestling as it has been for the last 40, 50 years, or it could be, Hey, you give us these awards and we're going to promote the hell out of your magazine. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm sure it's not, I guess it's the readers of PW, but here's the thing. Your average, it's not all reader. It's not all reader led. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. A lot of it is, a lot of it is statistic based. So it's like. Wins, losses, etc. Days with the title, so on and so forth. When it comes to the rankings, uh, and then there's the one award that Kenny Omega won, which is an audience voted one. But I think everything else is just every yeah every editor year when decided the P- every year when the PWI awards come out, I always go onto Wikipedia and I see what the previous winners were, just to see yeah. like who was the most hated wrestler of 1998 and all that sort of stuff, right? And uh, yeah, it's interesting to see that it kind of, you know, it fluctuates, it goes up. And who was the tag team of the year in... Apparently you know, last year it was Bailey and Sasha Banks? I, yeah! What the fuck is that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ridiculous! But anyway, The we, golden we role models. I'm like, who yeah. are the golden... Is that is that Ibushi <laughs> and Kenny Omega? What is that? The golden lovers? Do they call them something else because they can't call them golden lovers in North America? Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that. So some of them kind of raise the eyebrows a little bit but uh yeah no this it feels very uh aew leaning but again like if it's not all reader led sure but some of it is reader led well and, and it's a very marky it's magazine. super super mark magazine. so you know yes they are going to probably lean aew anyway but it just feels odd to me that like wwe has never been like oh roman reigns was you know pwi says roman reigns is the greatest wrestler in the world like they've never done that before for whatever reason because they control the narrative the number one wrestler in the world is whoever they determine is the number one wrestler in the world based on what they are writing and they do not let anything outside influence anything unless friggin jimmy fallon tweets something about roman reigns like oh jimmy fallon (laughs) jimmy fallon likes us Oh, we're at the Roman Reigns at the Super Bowl. Yeah, we're the best. We're going to send the champions uh, of the respective sports our title belt with their little logos on the side plates. Who the fuck wants that? <laughs> Fucking hell, Me? man. I want that. Oh, I would want that too, but it's like, <laughs> it's like hey, congratulations, Atlanta Braves. Here's a WWE title belt with your. Who gets that? I want to know who, where who that is. Who gets to keep it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, probably the GM or something. Congrats on your college football national championship. Here's a WWE, and that's the whole thing with their fucking belt. Is I'm I'm we're gonna I'm very quickly gonna jump off of this train of thought, <laughs> but just where they like they change the belt to make the main image their logo because that's right. what they want out everywhere. It's that corporate right. synergy, blah 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 blah, yeah. which is why we don't see beautiful belts 
like we used to. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll be okay. <laughs> what do you say, uh, talk about this week in wrestling history? Let's do it. Let's do it. What we're going to do right here is go back. Way back. Back into time. All right, so as you mentioned, we had a lot of options. Uh, it's January, so there's a lot of Royal Rumble-type stuff uh, bounding around out there. Uh, we discussed possibly doing a special edition of the show that's only Royal Rumble-based. What a great pay-per-view. We've been to a live Rumble years ago in uh, Arizona. Um, but, uh, yeah, what we're going to talk about today, a couple, uh, couple other things. Uh, 2014, in a move that took fans and insiders alike by surprise, the Ultimate Warrior was announced as the first inductee of the Hall of Fame class of 2014. Your thoughts? Well, now this raises kind of is a good segue from our previous topic because previous to me thinking that uh, PWI was in the pocket of AEW, uh, the PWI Awards was something that I kind of obsessed about. I, you know, I would, I would scroll through the 500. I would find. Phantasmo and Nicole yeah, Matthews yeah. Yeah, and like yeah, yeah. all these wrestlers that I was I could feel like I had a small part in making them the wrestlers they are today. Clap um, for that person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I saw them with twelve other people. Um, yeah, so you know I would I would not necessarily obsess about it, but I would go through these and and analyze them and 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 think about them and think they mattered. And I feel the same way about the Hall of Fame. I like that kind of stuff. I like that, like, oh, well, are they in the Hall of Fame? Are they, have they reached that elite status? Like, if they aren't in the Hall of Fame, why aren't they in the Hall of Fame? Um, you know, who are, you know, I think I asked you this question a couple weeks back, the last time you and I did a, did a, a solo show. Um, you know, who is the best wrestler out there who is not in the Hall of Fame? Like, I, I like kind of analyzing the product from that kind of, and I realize it's all storyline and there's yeah, all yeah. reasons behind everyone getting into the Hall of Fame. And and this is a prime example of someone who was put in for a very odd and unusual reason. And the timing was odd and unusual. And ultimately, the whole story uh, surrounding uh, the Warrior and the Hall of Fame is, is very odd and unusual. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, a guy with a <laughs> colored past, a brightly colored tasseled past um and you know not someone who was ever a ring general and not someone who was ever um you know didn't leave on good terms with the company um was never really highlighted as a legend so to speak that they were often proud of so to then put him in the spotlight and in the timing that they did would just felt very odd and interesting yeah obviously you know Stuff that has come out since, stuff that's more like known about him. Uh, it's pretty problematic guy. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of issues and stuff there. Uh, probably my favorite when I was a kid. You had your Hogan people, and people loved Hogan. I love the Ultimate Warrior. Rob Faye and I have discussed this multiple times where I jokingly said the reason I liked him was because of the tassels. I'm just a big tassels guy. But Warrior <laughs> was my fucking guy as a kid, and it really, really sucks later in life to learn all this other stuff about him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'd say with what he achieved and what he accomplished, like he rivaled Hulk Hogan. Uh, in the early 90s for popularity and stuff in the WWF, which is no small feat at all, 
right? So, uh, but then the numerous false starts he had with WWE, holding them up for money and no showing events. I remember when he came back in 96 at WrestleMania 12, uh, how psyched I was. And then a couple Yikes. months later, they had, it was going to be the uh, international incident in Vancouver. The paper, the, the, the premium live event uh, <laughs> in Vancouver was going to be uh, People's Posse. You remember who else was in the People's Posse? I, I don't, Bowman. Sean Michaels. Me. Ahmed Johnson and the Ultimate Warrior were going to be wrestling Camp Cornette, Yokozuna, or no, it was Vader, British Bulldog, and Owen Hart in a six-man tag. I remember King of the Ring 96 going off the air, and it was three-on-three. I'm like, oh, my God, that's going to be the main event of the Vancouver show. But then Warrior, Warrior get a Warrior. And, uh, yeah, then he no-showed events, got fired. Came into WCW in 98, like, again, super problematic. Him being a Hall of Famer, deserved. Uh, and just, it's the whole thing has a real spooky vibe and aura yeah. around it, just with that, the raw speech yeah. after Mania, and then the fact he died the next day. Yeah, like yeah, talking in. I don't forget. I forget what the direct quotes were coming out of the speech, but you know, basically talking about like living in the moment, and you never know when you're gonna kick the bucket, and so on and so forth. And then he like literally dies the next day. It was it was mind blowing. Yeah, and I remember the ad for WWE 2K14 that Mm -hmm. featured the Ultimate Warrior and going, holy shit! I never thought they would mend fences, but Vince is always willing to do business. Yeah, exactly. Men right. fences when the fences make money. The other thing we wanted to touch on, uh, January 14th, 2001, WCW Sin uh, pay-per-view. We saw this thankfully not happen uh, last week at uh, AEW Dynamite. Uh, a horrific, gruesome injury that on Twitter I likened to being worse than Upon first review, thank God Phoenix didn't, like, break his arm. I expected, I only saw that thing twice, I expected to see bone popping through leg, or bone popping through arm there, that's how bad that looked, Uh, but I likened it to probably the worst wrestling injury uh, I've seen. Uh, Yeah, at the Sin pay-per-view, Sid Vicious facing uh, Scott Steiner, Jeff Jarrett, and Road Warrior Animal in a four corners, but yeah, they went out of business like two months later. (laughs) Four corners match for the WCW World Championship. Uh, Apparently, WCW management uh, felt that Sid, they were pressuring him to broaden his arsenal, do some new moves, do some cool shit. How about a big boot from like the top rope? Uh, yeah, the guy's like seven feet tall, like 300 pounds. Not a good idea. But uh, yeah, I remember watching that pay-per-view where Sid broke his leg and it's in my head right now. And if you're oh, listening yeah. and yeah, you know what is... I'm talking about, you are picturing the fact <laughs> yeah. that his shin is at uh, parallel to the three match. o'clock <laughs> and yeah. his the bottom part of his leg is at six o'clock. Like it is, it was horrible. Uh, yeah, so he jumped off the rope, landed on his foot, broke his tibia and his fibula, uh, and one of the bones at least broke through the skin. The fracture was too graphic for many television stations to re-air, although it was shown on the following Nitro. Dude, it is like... Gruesome. 
it's one of those things that you like you say you i can just picture it now but the move looks so simple and i think that's what you kind of underestimate you think like oh well wrestler like shatters his leg and goes jello in the middle of the ring he must have been doing some big crazy move no the dude jumps off the second rope and just lands awkwardly and and it's ugly and i i yeah it's it's just like, it's you, still the most horrific injury I think exactly like and and you think about this guy who as you aforementioned said that he he as a big dude and just to see him just like his leg just collapse into into goo is is a sight to behold it looks like his leg is like a dummy on like a sitcom or something it's like they like okay call cut all right now let's put the weird wonky leg on and oh look at how silly that is like no that's a person's fucking appendage <laughs> And it was horrible. So how can we not call back to 21 years ago or however long ago it was uh, to the worst injury that we've ever seen in uh, in wrestling history? So, yeah. Anything else you want to add about Sid's leg before we move no. on and shut this if you, down? If you have, I can't imagine that anyone listening hasn't seen it. But, you know, seek it out. It's not like seek it's it not going to make caution. you barf. Seek it it's out with caution. But it's, yeah. it's, it is, it's a sight to behold. And here's the thing, January whatever of 2022, I see that happen to Ray Phoenix. First thing I think about is, oh my God, Sid's leg. Oh my yeah. God, Sid's leg. So, all right, that closes the book on another episode of NEW Wrestle Nation. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at NEW Wrestle Pod, and be sure to also follow the Nation Extreme Wrestling account at NEW Wrestling Inc. You never know what's going to pop up on that account. Oh, a new person has joined the roster. Oh, we've got other events. We're going to do trivia. Oh, here's an on-sale date for this show. Like, follow that. It's the best place to get all your news for NEW. Uh, if you're listening to the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. If you're on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review. We appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, that's all for this week. So, uh, for, as always, Mike Paris, the architect, uh, I'm Jay Bowman, and we'll see you next week on Wrestle Nation. WrestleNation.